Look at your network. Take like 10 minutes and just write down name after name after name of anyone and everyone who you think might be interested in helping. Your Uncle Henry, your Aunt Jane, your mom, your classmates, everybody, write them down. Compose a simple little pitch. Hey, I'm super excited because at my music school, da 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 Put that down, write it down. We're hiring now for a piano teacher and I'm so excited to have someone join our community. Do you know anyone who might be a good fit? Are you a music school owner looking to scale your program from just a handful of teachers to a highly profitable, well-organized and mission-driven company? Well, I'm Nate Shaw co-founder of the Brooklyn Music Factory. And I'm Daniel Patterson, founder of Grow Your Music Studio. And we're here to help you discover a proven pathway to sustainable growth in your music school. So get ready to take your passion for music education and scale it to a seven-figure music school. Something that has guided my thoughts about what to talk about in each episode really is just around big burning questions that I've received from music school owners over the years. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you're fine with me asking you a bunch of questions, we can dive into another one today. I love them. I like big questions. 30,000 foot, 10,000 foot, 1,000 foot. Where are we at with this one? Okay. So I'm going to set this up by uh, telling you why this one seems so important to me. And it has to do with when you hired me as a marketing consultant for your school in 2020, mm-hmm. you, I was talking to you and you made an offhand comment and it struck me uh, because it drives right to the heart to probably the number one question that I get from mid-sized to larger school owners. Ba-boom. And that is, you told me um, that you put out the word for a social media manager Right. And you got something like, I, I can't remember now what the exact number was, but it was something like between 80 to 100 applications. Mm. And I was a little floored by that. And I asked some other questions around this and asked you some questions about, well, what about, you know, when you hire for a teacher? And you told me, depending on what the instrument was, um, and again, I can't remember the exact numbers now because we're going on two years ago since you told me this, but uh, <laughs> the number was much higher than what I heard most school owners uh, share with me as their experience. And so the, I'm, I'm just going to f- kick the podcast off with a question. And then this is the form of the question. How does Brooklyn music factory get 10, 20, 30, 40 applicants for a music teacher position when you, you know, put out the word that you need a piano teacher or a guitar teacher. Right. And I, I, I'll end as soon as I kind of follow that question up, with the the kind of reverse image of that question, which is how how and why is it so hard for most music schools across the U.S., across uh, different countries I've um, worked with in Europe or Australia, why is it so hard for those folks to find people, uh, find teachers for their school when this is probably the number one qu- uh, question or problem that I get? Oh man, I put out an application and no one responded or I got like two people and they were terrible. So let's just dive into this topic, you know? Yeah, dig it. So this is so common, right? It's like I put it, I posted on Craigslist or an Indeed ad and Mm -hmm. I, and I got two people and neither one of them, I actually, we just heard this from a client and neither one of them are qualified at all. 
Um, and 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 if we were to just uh, dig in deeply to why this is so aggravating for us, it's because we can oftentimes live in a state of panic. What happens when a teacher leaves and I need to fill the position? Like in a week, in two weeks, what do they leave and give me no notice? And now all of a sudden, I'm the one subbing until we find a new teacher. And so we really need to solve the issue. How do you actually hire uh, efficiently? Right? Because that's really... Mm. And so the, so I actually think the question is slightly different um, than, you know... Uh, 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 how do you get so many applicants how or how do you get, get so a lot of applicants? applicants? But rather it's... How do you ensure that every time you get enough quality applicants that you can fill the needed position? So another way that I ask this question is, how many quality applicants do I need to interview to result in one rock-solid hire, right? Mm -hmm. So what is that ratio? Do I need to do 10 interviews in order to hire one teacher? Do I need to do three interviews to, in order to hire one teacher? Could I possibly even get it down to only two interviews to hire one great A-plus teacher? So um, let's sort of diffuse the situation ever so slightly for a moment. Um, it's, of course, totally frustrating. I mean, I'm sure everybody listening here is like, man, I know exactly what that feels like to just be coming up short on quality teachers, right? Or quality hires. From your experience, was this ever a problem at BMF in the early days? Well, so in the early days, and I've talked about this before, like I made the most basic rookie mistake ever, which was you hired I just hired all my friends. Yeah. And it's not right. like they weren't awesome because I love them and I still play music with them. <laughs> but it's like I knew them on the bandstand. I didn't know them in the classroom. But was there ever a time where you put out an application, you run out of friends to hire and you put yeah. out applications and you and and you came up short? Did that ever happen to you all? Yeah, totally happened to us. So I would say it wasn't until um, five to six years into the life of the company where we were like, wait a minute, we actually need to build a repeatable system around attracting really quality applicants and then uh, being hyper-efficient with our time because there's only so much time that you can afford to invest in the hiring process. So I, I would say early on, we would be like, honestly, the mistake that most people make is they hire the only person that applies. Mm. So they don't even ask the question, how many applicants do I need? We didn't even right. ask the question, how many applicants do we need? So you asked, did it ever happen to me at BMF or did it ever happen to us? 100% it happened to us because we were asking the wrong questions. Okay, now you, so right there, what you said, I think is interesting. I'm going to actually push on this a little bit more. Could, could you, I, can you with hindsight now identify what you were doing wrong other than not asking the right questions? Like, are there some principles that someone could take away from this? Be like, you look back at Nate and your co-founder, you know, from five, seven, 10 years ago and say, okay, we were doing that, that, and that, that all led to the wrong thing. And maybe we can get later into the right thing to do, but can you identify some states of being, some ways of thinking, oh, uh, some actions that you were taking? Okay, let me give you, and this will resonate, I bet you, with everyone listening. Let me give you three concrete examples of mistakes 
that we made that our listeners may also be making currently. Number one, you need a piano teacher who's highly experienced to take over for a teacher that works with ages four to eight. The applicant that walks through the door is really good with, as he says, teenagers and college-age students. And you're so desperate that you're like, surely he can learn how to work with a five-year-old. You're hired. So mistake number one is you're not being specific about what you need and you're not patient enough or you don't have the system in place to actually attract the right applicants. So instead, you just hire the first person who walks through the door who basically plays the correct instrument or roughly fits the bill, the description, but is actually was never going to succeed in the position. So would you trace that back to the, would you say that you're, you're then saying that your job applications were not specific enough or your job offers were not specific enough at the beginning? I would say definitely that they've become much okay. more specific and the interview process, we've become much more diligent in how mm-hmm. we do it, right? And disciplined. In other words, it's not Nate alone in a room with an applicant anymore. It's always me tag teaming with someone else and then us asking very specific questions and then grading the applicant on very specific points. All of this is built into the system that we've created so that I am not working on, um, I'm not being reactive, Hmm. right? I'm actually being very disciplined and thoughtful as a potential, the person who is helping to make the hiring decision. And guess what? I'm not making the hiring decision alone anymore. Yes, Daniel, I still well, I, I can go ahead. I can <laughs> I can speak to the thoroughness of that because when again when we had this conversation a while back, you actually showed me the uh, hiring system that you had co-created with your team. Uh, you know, uh, thirty steps to it, um, super detailed, and and we've even you know I've even gotten more exposure to it as we've kind of helped. Um, studios that we're working with uh, create their version of that yes, um, based on what you all created. Because I, I don't think I've ever seen um, a company the size that you all are that has something that detailed, which is you know pretty pretty astounding. So so let me just recap here. Uh, desperation was a problem, a lack of specificity, a lack of sophistication in the interviewing process. I didn't hear anything in there though about what potentially caused you, how do I word this? Um, Did you ever have a problem where you just didn't get enough applicants? Did that ever happen to you all? Yeah, yeah, totally. So, um, so uh, hiring is marketing. Mm. So put simply, hiring is marketing. You are trying to attract someone to your vision and your mission, right? They may need to be able to teach voice to a very specific age range, but ultimately someone's going to walk through the door because they resonate with what your purpose is as a music Mm -hmm. school. In our case, we are a fluency first approach, game-based approach, songwriting program. It's pop and rock. There it is in a nutshell. Got it? So if you don't love, I mean, if you love writing original songs, if you love ear training and music theory, and you believe that everyone is welcome at the table from ages four on up, then you're going to be psyched to apply for a position at Brooklyn Music Factory, right? So 
we didn't always do that. Mistake <laughs> Mistake number two is we thought that you just hire to teach because everybody wants to teach, mm. right? Okay. The reality is no, you actually have to put together an enticing offer and be very specific about who you are and why you are and why someone would want to join your community. Um, the third, uh, wait, I just had another mistake. Oh yeah, the third mistake, which is, and this gets to why you don't get enough applicants, right? The third mm. mistake is you think you're hiring musicians. You're not. You are hiring educators. So start looking where educators hang out, right? In other words, we're not, I'm not, look, Daniel, I mean, as you know, like the, the, the first 15 years of my career was as, as a touring jazz pianist. I was not, I mean, I taught piano to fund my passion for making records and going on the road. I will say now that I failed many of those students as an mm. educator. I might've been a fun guy to hang out with. I might've, you know, played great piano, but that doesn't make me a great teacher. So the third thing we need to start doing when we want to try to attract more people that are interested in teaching is find out where they're hanging out, mm. right? Yeah. To them. So did we get enough applications early on? Hell no, we didn't. We didn't get enough because we kept thinking, you know, we were hiring musicians. Just to be clear um, and how I frame this question, you know, how do you get 100 applicants? Um, it's not about the number of applicants you get. It's about attracting quality applicants and knowing how many you need to interview to end up solving your hiring issue. Because hiring is a puzzle, right? So you're just what do you mean by that? Out, what I mean by that is you're trying to figure out given the department you're hiring to, because not every department is as is measured the same, is going to be um, some, some departments are going to be more difficult to hire to. For example, in our experience, you will have less of an issue hiring to your guitar department than you would hiring to your voice department. You will have, we run into the, it takes the longest time and we need the most patience to hire effectively, for example, to our young group class program. Hmm. Right. So, okay. That's our, that's, that's, that's what we're doing here. That's what we found. So, so, okay. So let's just go through real quickly. Um, just a couple of little tweaks that you can, that anybody can do around this. Okay. The, hmm. The, the, and would these and and be, just for context, are these tweaks so that they get more applicants, or so that they get better quality applicants? What are the tweaks for? The latter, better quality applicants. Better quality. Okay. okay. So we're not so much worried about quantity. If we if if we could put out a job application or a job offer for someone yeah. in the piano department, someone in the voice department, and we literally only got one, but it was the exact person we needed. Who cares how many applications you got? Yes. You just, you need one, you know? So yeah, I think that is, you said it earlier, it's a misnomer or it's maybe the wrong question to ask like, well, how do we get more people applying to the job? No. How do we get the one person we need? So yeah, that's, that's good. So what are those tweaks you were talking about? Okay. So number one, Remember, we were talking about an enticing offer. So, so you have a landing page to try to attract people, you know, a parent to your uh, school. And that parent get, get, hits your website and says, oh, man, you've been working your butt off on trying to really get your messaging right. 
and get a parent to pick up the phone or fill out a web form or whatever, um, you're basically going to put on that exact same hat, but you're going to imagine a whole bunch of music teachers looking at that that landing page, right? So this isn't rocket science, but it's actually a step that uh, we avoided for a long time. <laughs> so, I mean, we didn't do it. We just thought, man, you just put an ad out on Indeed and surely people will apply. But the reality is all you want to do is you want to you want to get people to click through and land on that landing page because that landing page is where you're going to begin to filter out those that are not the right fit. Mm. Notice what I said. You're not that's not the landing page where you're going to start getting a whole bunch of people filling out the web form. That's the landing page as everyone who's worked, I mean, you know this far better than I do, but in marketing, what you're trying to do is get very precise about who actually fills out a web form, mm. right? You're not, we're not looking for- I Completely uh, agree. Yeah, we're not looking for a hundred leads, three of which are of any value because you've just wasted so many hours of your life on 97 low quality leads, right? So the same holds true for hiring a teacher. So what does that mean? Um, we can't get into all the details about how to build a great landing page to hire, but um, you can start by looking, you know, just go to Brooklyn Music Factory and look, I mean, we're about to open up our hiring funnel. Notice I called it a hiring funnel, much like a marketing thing, funnel, right? Um, you can go there and see we're going to hire for uh, drum, beginning piano, and for our mini keys in our Jam Band 101 class. It's going to be very, it's going to be three very specific landing pages based on uh, which, um, you know, ad you found or uh, which network we were reaching out to. I don't know about you, but I didn't get an owner's manual when I started my music school. And I wasted a lot of time on trial and error and making things up as I went along. But you don't have to do that. Nate and I are building a library of resources and tools exclusively for fans of this podcast. Go to growyourmusicstudio.com slash 7FMS and sign up to receive podcast updates, free resources, and even submit questions for us to answer on the podcast. That's growyourmusicstudio.com slash 7FMS. And we look forward to answering your questions. Now, before you go on to tweak number two, and you're talking about landing pages there, I think this is a great opportunity for me to mention that the 7 FMS podcast has a landing page. Oh, you can find it at growyourmusicstudio.com slash 7 FMS. And here's what I'd love people who are listening or watching to do. If you have a question for us, go there, enter your name, enter your question. We're happy to answer it. If we get enough, we might do a follow-up episode on this. Uh, if we get this within like a month of when this is published, we might do a follow-up episode where we do a Q&A. We might even do a live Q&A. And... Obviously, Nate can't go into this enormous system um, uh, in great detail and something like this, but this is something that we've actually taught to some of our um, private clients. And uh, it's something we've been able to go in depth with those folks because they were really committed to the idea of solving their hiring problem once and for all. So if you have any interest in that, you can hit us on that landing page as well. So I'm going to stop now, Nate, and throw it back over to you for tweak number two or to finish up tweak number one. Dude, it just occurred to me too that what would be cool if listeners wanted to put in, actually, some of you may already have like a landing page for hiring. Drop the mm. URL in there and maybe maybe Daniel and I can take a peek at it. And mm. if you're open, we can do a little uh, 
little, you know, critique. Well, I think that what, what, so if they, you know, if they do more power to them, I don't know if I've ever uh, seen a school um, do that. Now, of course, I'm sure there's people out there like, well, we do that. And you haven't met me, of course. But I would just say with working with hundreds of music schools yeah. for yeah. a hiring funnel, I've, I've never seen someone have a hiring funnel as detailed as yours. So if, if, you're, if you've already got a landing page, uh, kudos to you because you're in the top 0.1% of music schools in the world doing hiring right. I love it. And, you know, and again, as we talk about often, Daniel, like I'm just turning to my friends in the business community. And as mm. one of my friends, Kate, puts it, she's like, Nate, you need to work on your hiring gauntlet. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like, it's like a, you know, she inspired me years ago to, to refine that. So tweak number two is um, actually very simple. And, and, and I, I, I reached out to my partner earlier before this episode because I just wanted to ask, like, what do you, why are you so good with, uh, attracting high quality candidates for your camp. Tweak number two is be very specific on the page, right down to what it pays. Mm. You're like, what? We did not include what it pays for years. Daniel, we didn't start including the pay until like, I think three years ago or something we just started including. Mm. And, and, you know, my partner's point was like, look, you just want to filter out those that are like, no way. I've got, you know, for example, I've got a private studio and I make $80 an hour. Well, of course you do because you're running a private studio plus that right. entire small business. So right. dig it. We're never going to pay 80 bucks an hour. You know, that's not, you don't join a community like Brooklyn Music Factory to make 80 bucks an hour in a studio. You join it for all of the other benefits of the community. And so you want to put the pay there. Um, so that's a, such a simple tweak. You also want to be very specific. Like, I remember when we finally added, you have to love kids. Hmm. It's like so simple. You're like, of course you need to love kids, dude. Well, no, a lot of people come and think they actually don't have any idea what it means to work with children. The only students they've had is they taught like a couple of their neighbors who were like 14, you know? And then they went to school and maybe they got a music education degree or maybe they just went to music school or whatever they got out, but they've never actually taught a seven-year-old. And and they might be an only child themselves, so they don't even have come from a very big family or something. And so like, you got to really love, love kids if you're going to apply for this specific job. I'm talking at Brooklyn Music Factory. If you're not hiring for a gig that's for, you know, small children, right. put that there, but... <laughs> But those type of tweaks are so basic, but we overlook them. Yeah. I would jump in here and say that this is, I think, my, um, <laughs> this is where I jump in and, and make my weekly plea or make my weekly <laughs> yeah. um, uh, uh, um, commercial for when you're running a values-based business, you will know how to fill in the blank because maybe for you, it isn't must love kids. Although if you're, if you're, if you, if you have a teaching studio for uh, right. children, it probably needs to be on there, but there's probably three or four or five other things that need to be on there. That would be different than what was in my music school or this, uh, the music yeah. summer camp that I helped run for 10 years or BMF Nate school. Um, and it all comes back to those first principles and foundational 
um, values that if you have not sussed those out, it is going to be so hard to do hiring, so hard to do marketing, um, so hard to you know even to run a meeting potentially with your back office team because mm-hmm. you're just selling you're just selling the time you're just selling 45 minute music slots as you so yes. beautifully said you know probably about a month ago um, when you have those values hammered uh, or, or nailed down not hammered down when you have those values nailed down it becomes a lot easier to know how to lead off your job offer with something really rich and evocative and emotional, kind of like what you did, Nate, you know, maybe 15 minutes ago when you just rattled off what your pitch was for the marketing for finding a teacher, like it rolled off your tongue. Most schools can't do that. at least not in my experience. You know what I just did, Daniel? You know, you obviously, I mean, you know this, but it's so near and dear to, to my heart is, because we didn't always lead with values, of course. Mm. You know, it took us years before we realized that we even needed to state what, who we were and why we were, i.e. what was our mission. And then it took us another few years to be like, oh, you know, my partner and I actually really value certain things. And so I went and looked at our current job um, description template, because I haven't looked at it in a minute and we're about to open the hiring funnel. And let me just read you the opening. The first thing it says is, what's the role we're hiring for? Bold, right? So it's just like very specific. We're hiring for this thing. Second thing it says is, at Brooklyn Music Factory, we inspire musicians and build community. Then it doesn't even go into anything like pay and wet schedule and blah, blah, blah. It goes straight into... Brooklyn Music Factory lives and teaches by these core values. Be the best version of yourself. Be 100% engaged emotionally and intellectually, et cetera. We have seven of them. Then it says currently in bold, we are looking for this role. So it's saying the role again. We're still just only like, you know, we haven't even reached the fold in the landing page yet. Yeah, you're telling the story, yeah. And then finally, it says... Brooklyn Music Factory, and this is a summer camp template. Brooklyn Music Factory Summer Camp is a songwriting and game-based band program for ages 5 through 12. I'm just highlighting how specific it is. So why is this so valuable? Because, uh, Daniel, I want to get back to this core principle that if if you leave with nothing today, please leave with this. You're looking for ratio. You're trying to figure out how many quality applicants you need in order to end up solving your hiring puzzle, which is that specific role or those specific roles, right? So you're working backwards. Ultimately, like, let's say you begin to develop your system. You, you finish listening to this podcast and you're like, I'm all in. I'm doing it. Daniel, Nate, I'm building a hiring funnel. So you build a website and you build that landing page. It's good enough. You... um. You create a job description that you think is enticing, et cetera. Um, You even come up with some cool interview questions. Awesome. Love it. Um, What your job right now is, is to define that three years from now, when you've tested out and refined your hiring system, you can answer this question clearly. Mm. It is going to take us X number of interviews in order to achieve one hire. It is going to take us X number of applicants in order to arrive at X number of interviews. It is going to take us 
X number of visits to the landing page to have X number of applicants to arrive at. <laughs> you know, you know where I'm going. So that's where you're trying to go 100%. to. It sounds totally wonky. You're like, Nate, I'm never going to do that. You will do that. Because eventually you're just going to get so burnt on having to make it up every time that you're going to be like, no, I'm going to figure out a system that I can trust every season when it comes time to hiring. Because Daniel, you and I both know we'll be hiring season after season. Yeah. So you're, you're going to do it or you're not going to scale. And that's just the truth of it. Because what you just described there was actually the practical uh, was the practical numbers of what a funnel actually is. And you know, for anyone who's done like a marketing training with Grow Your Music Studio, one of the very first things we teach is uh, you're not just looking for more students. You are, it's actually far more important to understand why you're not getting them now. And it's actually possible to diagnose what the problem is with just a couple numbers. And so if this number's off, it means yeah. this. If this number's off, it means this. If this number's off, it means this. But you will never know where to focus your efforts unless you actually start collecting that data. Well, similarly, for what you're talking about, and wrapping it back around to the comments you made about 20 minutes ago in regards to hiring teachers as actually a marketing job. Yes. Um, you can actually start to track those numbers and you can see where the weak points are in the system at a certain point. And that's when you really start to cook with gasoline so to speak, is when you can actually look at the numbers of, oh, we got this many applicants, this actually came through to an interview and can then begin to uh, identify and diagnose where the issue is and then start to work on that point in the hiring funnel. So can I, so can, can, uh, can we bring it down to just like, can I tell a real story about what's about to happen right now since we're literally about to start hiring? Mm, um, let's do it. And then maybe this is a good wrapping point because because the original right. question was, how, how do you get more applicants? Yeah, how yeah. do we get more applicants? And so I want to I want to end where you started because mm. it's easy to get. Um, if anybody out there listening is like me, it's easy to listen to a podcast like this and then sort of end it. You're you're inspired because you're like, man, it'd be awesome if I could create a system that was bulletproof. But in reality, you get done listening and then you're just like kind of overwhelmed. Yeah. You know, and like that feeling sucks. And I know that feeling well. And I remember actually when I was deep diving into marketing where I started consuming too much and then my to-do list got too big and then I was paralyzed. I was like, oh, I'm not doing anything then. You know, anywho, then I met you and things got better. But <laughs> that's, a, that's a different story. But like, uh, so we're about to hire. So um, what are we going to actually do to arrive at enough interviews? Right. So I want to just give you a couple of very simple things that you can do now if you're about to hire like us. So first of all, um, look at your network. Take like 10 minutes and just write down name after name after name of anyone and everyone who you think might be interested in helping. Your Uncle Henry, your Aunt Jane, your mom, your friend, your your classmates. Everybody, write them down. Then um, compose a simple little pitch. Hey, I'm super excited because at my music school, da, 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 where we teach, you know, um, where we teach an ear before eye approach on how to tackle 
um, you know, the repertoire or something, whatever your little pitch is, put that down, write it down. We're hiring now for a piano teacher, and I'm so excited to have someone join our community. Do you know anyone who might be a good fit? Right? Cut and paste that into texts or emails to that network. And then hopefully, of course, you're gonna, your Aunt Jane's going to write back, oh, I might know someone. And then so she shares one person. And then you say, and Daniel, you, you do this so well. You go to those people and you say, hey, are you interested? Uh, you were recommended as someone who'd be a great fit for this. They say, actually, I'm not available. And you say, could you suggest three people that you might think might be interested in this position? Give them very specific numbers. You need three names. Would you consider introducing me? Right? Um, So that's step one. Okay? Uh, Step two is just take make a very simple landing page taking one or two of the tweaks that we suggested and give them somewhere where they can land. Give them a URL that they can go to to learn more and then fill out some kind of, make it a Google form. I don't care what they fill out. We use Google forms, mm. right? We, uh, we have super fancy, you know, landing pages and have all of the bells and whistles for automated marketing and sales and blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to hiring, we have like, we use a lot of Google, <laughs> mm. you know? So may give it a simple little Google form. And here's the thing. When you compose a Google form that has a couple of questions that you think are important, what do you ask them some simple questions like, you know, what do you excel at as a teacher? And then go to something that's super important to you and your values and your mission. For example, we always ask, building community is so important at Brooklyn Music Factory can you tell us what community means to you? So that's it. And then say, thank you so much. And they submit. Okay. Um, do those two little tweaks. So do your spider web networking, web that sucker out, get a bunch of names, and then send them to something intriguing and see how many people actually answer the questions. Hundred percent, and like you said, I think that could be a good place to end things. But what you know, just as a closing thought for me, and then I'll ping it back over to you to make sure that you're complete. But um, you know, this is high level, and and I'm aware of it. You're aware of it, and I'm certain that if folks are struggling with this, they realize this is high level too. You know, there the devil's in the details. You know, and what should that landing page look like? Um, what does a good follow-up email look like to a candidate? What do you do in an interview? Like these are all topics we can go deeper on. And if there is interest in, in going deeper on certain things, we're never going to know unless, you know, those who are listening and watching reach out. So yeah, definitely let us know. Choreomusicstudio.com slash 7FMS. And we will do everything from answer questions to help you solve the problem. Um, because, uh, we certainly are happy to, um, to go much more in depth and actually build, help someone build, you know, you know, a hiring funnel out or great marketing out if they if they have commitment to solving that problem. So that's kind of where I think I would end up with this. Nate, how about you? Just one last little item, and I love that. Yeah, send us your thoughts, questions, comments, concerns. Push back if you hear something that you. I love to push back. Yeah, didn't work. I'd love to know about that. Um, mm. 
Last thing I'll say is do not forget the community that's right in front of you. So for example, the very first place that I turned when we were considering hiring for these classes for our youngins was our own faculty. I just went straight to you know a couple of our A players and was just like, hey, you're amazing and we're about to open up these new classes and of course I want to start with you. So don't forget who's right there. Right? Because yeah. it's the internal just, referral. Yeah. Internal referral or the internal rehire. Someone's already working for you and you're like, hey, you are you ready to level up? You want to add more? You know? That's all I got. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, like we've talked about in other past episodes, Daniel. It's if this question is coming up, it means it's going to come up again and again. So, yep. Let's, let's all work. Let's all commit to working on finding sustainable solutions so that, yep. we, you know, focus on what we love, which is, you know, teaching music, transforming lives, that kind of thing. Hey, it's Nate again. You know, every year at Brooklyn Music Factory, we get dozens and dozens of great reviews from our families. And you want to know how? Because we ask them. And they're happy to leave a review because of the positive impact that we've made on them. And so now I have a simple ask for you. If this podcast, the 7FMS podcast, was helpful to you, would you mind leaving a review for Daniel and I? And please share the podcast with another music school owner that you think might benefit. It's one of the best ways that you can support us. We appreciate it.